One role that I can announce, however, is who I intend to appoint as my Deputy Prime Minister. I am delighted to announce that I intend to appoint Carmel Cipolloni to that role. That's our new PM, Chris Hipkins, announcing Carmel Cipolloni will be his right-hand woman, and it's a first. Carmel will be the first Pacifica person to hold the position of Deputy Prime Minister. I cried and I just want to praise God for that. Like, you know, yeah, history in the making and a very uh, strong Pacifica woman. This is a significant development. It tells the story of Pacific people having travelled from factory floors of the 50s, of the dawn raids, of the racism, of the bias and all the negativity that Pacific people have had to face. You are our first Deputy Prime Minister of Samoan Tongan descent. Have you been hearing a lot from the community? Yes, our Pacific community is incredibly emotional about this decision. And I knew it would mean a lot to them, but I think um, even more than what I had anticipated. So the words of encouragement and support and prayers um, have been coming left, right and centre. And it's incredibly humbling. Kia ora, I'm Tom Kitchen, and today on The Detail, who is Carmel Cipolloni? Carmel is an outstanding minister. She has overseen a period where record numbers of New Zealanders have been moving off welfare and into work. During her time as a minister, she's overseen the administration of the wage subsidy scheme that ensured many Kiwi businesses were able to stay afloat during the global pandemic whilst also ensuring that our welfare system treats people with respect and with dignity. It is very hard to fathom that a working class girl from Waitara who turned Westie, uh, that that person can become the Deputy Prime Minister of New Zealand. Uh, And now I get to back up the boy from the hut in that role. Of course, Sipiloni has another quality that makes her a good 2IC. You want a deputy who's never going to roll you, right? And that's the, that's kind of been the hallmark of a good deputy to um, a good prime minister or leader of indeed leader of the opposition. Uh, and I think Carmel Cipolloni will just be someone that Chris Hipkins can rely on, someone that he can lean on. She's ne- she doesn't really step a foot wrong. Carmel always impressed me because she's very very strong, very hardworking, and there's a feel there's a fearlessness there about her. I'm going to be speaking to Lua Manavale Dame Winnie Laban, who paved the way for Sipiloni later in the podcast. But first, someone who spent years in Parliament's press gallery watching Sipiloni, today FM host Tova O'Brien. I started by asking her what exactly a Deputy PM does. It's just about being a, a wing person to the Prime Minister, being there for the Prime Minister, supporting the Prime Minister. And Carmel Cipolloni is very popular in the Labour Party caucus as well, so she sees her role uh, as quite key to being a conduit between the Prime Minister and the caucus and the caucus as well. But, yeah, right, right-hand woman to, to Chris Hipkins. So it's a management role and then also a very big role when the Prime Minister is, is taken out of action for whatever reason. We saw it with Winston Peters and Jacinda Ardern when Jacinda Ardern went on maternity leave or, or ever went overseas on those stints. So we'll see her acting as Prime Minister as well. 
Well, over your time in the gallery, what was the impression of the reporters um, on Superlawning? Yeah, she's very, very well respected and she's a safe pair of hands. She's often ranked quite highly in the, um, you know, at the end of the year, who's done, who, who's up, who's down ministerial ranking lists, lists or report cards from, from different political editors and, and press gallery reporters. And she's, um, yeah, she's solid. She's got an answer for everything. Um, and she's a really affable, Politicians, so like I say, really well liked in the caucus, really close with Chris Hipkins as well. I think where the rubber probably hits the road for her a bit more, or where some of the, more of that criticism seeps in, is from from people who have worked with unemployed New Zealanders or beneficiaries and her advocacy there. I think people have felt pretty pretty let down. The Greens have called the Social Development Minister reprehensible over cuts to benefits for those facing an arrest warrant. Now, last year, Carmel Cipollone said she wanted to remove the sanction immediately. But you're the Minister. You don't agree with the intent of this. You don't like the way it works. I mean, isn't this your job to get rid of it? There's lots of things that I'd like to fix. I'll use Sue Bradford's words, who's someone, a former Green Party MP who's worked a lot with beneficiaries and unemployed New Zealanders, saying that she has just become an absolute puppet for the Ministry and has driven home a lot of the agenda rather than making transformational change. There are two sides to this. This Labour government has done, you know, we saw record benefit increases um, and the, the families package at the end of last year as well that was uh, a, gr- a great nod to low and middle income New Zealanders to families needing support during the cost of living crisis but in terms of the welfare expert advisory group recommendations from 2019 so this was the big wholesale look under the hood at the, the welfare um, system in New Zealand really thoughtful meaningful recommendations and there are 140 something detailed recommendations none of which the government has fully implemented. The Child Poverty Action Group is dismayed the government is not moving fast enough to lift New Zealand families out of poverty. It's been nearly two years since uh, government-appointed experts called for an overhaul of the welfare system, but a new report shows the vast majority of advice has not been taken up yet. And if you talk to beneficiary advocates and people who work with unemployed New Zealanders, the government hasn't gone anywhere near far enough. So they haven't really been transformational, they haven't uh, fulfilled their promise in that regard? I don't think so. I I talked to um, Susan St John from the Child Poverty Action Group and there's a real frustration there in terms of the, the need for wholesale reform of the of the, the the welfare system and just starting with the, the basic principles and purpose of of the welfare system in New Zealand and, and not only that I mean the things that the government celebrates I think like the increase increases to, to benefits there's record increases to benefits in the um, blockbuster beneficiary budget in 2021 they don't keep up with wages they barely keep up with inflation working for families has been under review for for yonky donks that was a promise of the government a real frustration from beneficiary advocates is that now it's going to be kicked to touch as an election promise so they're holding back the review we don't know what it's going to be they're going to wait for the next budget process and then it will be something for Kiwis to vote on at the next election it's just kicking the can down the road when there's a very real need right now and I think that's been some of the criticism invalid criticism of Carmel Cipollone in that role as social development minister How do you think she might compare as a deputy prime minister to the likes of Grant Robertson, Bill English? I think she put the the thing that they all have in common is that she will be this fiercely loyal 
deputy to Grant Robertson uh, and Jacinda Ardern's coupling. I think there are there are similarities between her and Chris Hipkins. They're, they're close friends. They get along really well. They're good sounding boards for one another, which is probably key to that role, right? Just having having a person there that you can lean on, lean into, um, whose advice you trust and and whose whose views you, you you trust as well. So I think there's a similarity there. John Key and Bill English probably came with more differences, and that's why they were such a a good pairing. John Key um, slightly more. Um, uh, the, the perception of affability and relatability, you know, you could just have a beer with him. Bill English, uh, a really strong steward of the economy. Chris Hipkins and Carmel Cipollone have probably got a few more similarities than, than those two did, but also uh, she's going to be an absolute force for the Pacifica community as well, having a woman, a Pacifica woman in that role for the first time. Um, that's going to, that's going to, play an important part, I think, in, in her, her reign as Deputy Prime Minister. We've heard lots of you know good news stories about her being the first Deputy Prime Minister who's Pacifica, but there's a lot of pressure that's going to be on her too from that community. Do you think she'll be able to cope with that? Yeah, I think so. I think she will. She's got a good. Um, she's got a good ear within the community. She's got an enormous, enormous amount of respect from people in the Pacifica community that I've spoken to. So, so yes, there will be pressure. But already, I think we've seen this government make strides in terms of its uh, the the crown relations with the Pacific community in New Zealand. The apology for the dawn raids was a really poignant, meaningful, and long overdue moment for um, for the Pacific community, and that was driven by this government and the. Pacific Caucus, of which Carmel Cipollone is a big part, and I think, wasn't it just moving as well to hear her speaking about her background to see other uh, pillars leaders in the Pacific community talking about having a Pacifica woman in that Deputy Prime Minister role, and that's something we should be proud of in New Zealand as well. It's 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 great that we're actually um, seeing seeing people, like she says, never thought a girl from Waitara, whose father came to New Zealand in the 60s, was working in the freezing works, married a sheep farmer's daughter, uh, take on that role as, as Deputy Prime Minister, and that's uh, great for her, great for the Pacific community, but great for New Zealand as a whole, I think. Now to the woman who smashed a glass ceiling for Sipiloni. Kia ora, tālo, falava, warm Pacific greetings. Uh, my name is Lua Manavao Winnie Laban, and I was the first uh, Pacifica woman to get into the New Zealand Parliament and also um, Minister. Dame Winnie was an MP when Sipiloni was a newbie in Parliament. So, were they mates? Yes, because, you know, as you know, you're all sort of Pacific and, you know, it's a bit like rugby, really. You know, you have your mates and your mix. And, of course, we were the slight, the old, well, I go slightly older. But um, Carmel always impressed me because she's very, very strong, very hardworking. And there's a, fearless, there's a fearlessness there about her. You know, she's certainly coming across as quite emotional with being the Deputy Prime Minister. I mean, it's every immigrant's dream. Uh, to have that role, um, but she's she's highly competitive too, and so I think the challenge for them this year with the election and the new leadership with her and Chris Hipkins is to get those messages out uh, to the voting public and get that dialogue and debate going so that people can um, feel confident in who they're going to vote for. 
Okay, what, what are her personality traits? Some people say that she's quite imposing, I guess, when she comes in a room, in a good way. Uh, what would you say are some of her personality traits that lend her well to be our Deputy Prime Minister? Yeah. Well, you know, as she has a major presence physically. You know, not all of us were born to be toothpicks, uh, Tom. <laughs> Pacific people are, are, are tall and are largely big, and I, I shouldn't stereotype, but we are usually bigger than the average. But Carmel is a listener. Um, Carmel reads her papers. Uh, Carmel is very clear about advice and being given the right advice. Uh, She's consultative, um, and she's also not afraid to make decisions. So, you know, being a politician, uh, being a minister is not easy because you're having to weigh up um, major decisions, especially when it comes to resources and who who will get access to them. So it's important to have people like that, um, that don't just rush in and want to follow their favourite thing. It's important that they do that. And of course, the other portfolio she's had has been the Ministry of Culture and Heritage. And arts is uh, very important to us, our heritage as well in New Zealand. And that's the other uh, portfolio that she's been able to uh, lead and to lead well. There's never enough money for everything. You know that, Tom. But um, it's exciting to see the range of portfolios she's had. And that's why I say she's done her time. She's ready now to be the Deputy Prime Minister. So what's the significance of having a Pacifica person in that very top position? Well, we're quite an emotional community. And um, much as we try really hard to be rational and and um, hard-skinned about things. It's incredibly touching considering uh, New Zealand is a Pacific nation and she needs to embrace her identity much more so. Um, Carmel's appointment is a realisation of a dream. Um, Most of our population are young, they're New Zealand-born, and they can say, gosh, if she can be there, I can be there too. And the importance of being able to see yourself in leadership um, is, is a large statement and we're very excited we're incredibly proud and Pacific people are incredibly inclusive Tom you know they're not always they're not just there for themselves they've always been a people who are generous hospitable competitive but incredibly generous of spirit and that's what I meant it's really important that people value diversity and inclusion that we're there for all our communities and we're there to serve in those roles, whether it be a backbencher, deputy prime minister or prime minister. The deputy prime minister role is a huge role. There's so much involved in that role. Uh, do you think that will be overwhelming and she might set herself up to be disappointed because of the expectation on the community? Yeah. Well, you know, when you think about... Um, you know, many of our mothers and grandmothers on that. I mean, my grandmother had... 10 children and brought up five others. You know, I think we've always had to manage things and be multiply, you know, responsible. Um, At the end of the day, you know, she's taken on this role. It is a major responsibility, but it's also a privilege, Tom. You know, not everybody can be the Prime Minister or the Deputy Prime Minister. You're called to serve. You've got an election to win. You've got lots more work to do, so just get on with the job. So when Chris Hipkins is away and overseas, she'll be the one standing at the podium talking to the nation, talking to the journalists after the Cabinet meetings. What will you think when you see her on that stage? 
very proud, and uh, she knows that the world is watching her. So she'll rise to the occasion and she'll be prepared, because if you're not prepared, the media will eat you, eh? I have the privilege of being the first of Tongan descent, the youngest and the most recent member of the already robust Labour Party Pacific Caucus. My respects must go to our senior Pacific member and MP for Mana, Lord Manuva winning Laban. With my father working at the Waitara Freezing Works, my mother working at the Swan Dry Factory and later as a kiwi fruit picker and packer. My maternal grandparents were sheep farmers in Stratford. Growing up, I saw the most wonderful display of contrasting political views. So her maiden speech, she talked a lot about her, her family and she sets out who she was. I think politicians, you want to know who they, they are. You want to know what they stand for. You want to know their background and where they're coming from on things. But then there have been things about Carmel Sepuloni's family which have been difficult for her to talk about. Her mother um, was uh, in court over benefit fraud charges. Um, but, you, you know, you, you separate the politician from, from the, the sins of a mother, if, if you like. Um, so I think there are probably some things she doesn't necessarily want to talk about. But I feel like she has been open with her background in terms of her family and things. And I also, just kind of listening to Chris Hipkins in that first uh first speech he did as as Prime Minister or just before becoming Prime Minister um, about his family and the boundaries that he was setting as well and I think you know we need to have respect for politicians in terms of the boundaries that they that they set for themselves. I think people know who she is um, but she's also not caused too much of a splash for, for any great reason and that's probably a very good thing for a politician. Well there was a bit of splash over that carrot incident, remember that? Her kid came in. Hang on a second, my son's just in the room, I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's what family is all about, Minster. That's right, yeah, yeah. So yeah, viral moments, politicians. So we've got two meme ministers. We've got the meme prime minister, the prime meme minister, and we've got the deputy prime meme minister. <laughs> what do you think that says about New Zealand that we have these kind of two Prime ministers, as you say, I think people like relatability, don't they? They like they like to feel like they're being spoken to, being part of the conversation. And I think, right or wrong, there was probably a sense towards the end of the prime minister, the former prime minister Jacinda Ardern's leadership, that she was speaking to people. We were being told rather than Chris Hipkins. I certainly took away from that first press conference that he did that that he was speaking with us again. And so I think New Zealanders love relatability. We love that whole, like I said, going to go and have a beer with them or you can imagine yourself at the barbie with them over summer and you feel like that they are working for you. It's being in touch, right? Being in touch and likability is often what kind of separates the, the wheat from the chaff when it comes to who's who's a good prime minister, who's a good candidate for prime minister. It's probably a big work on for Luxon. Do you think she'll face much abuse? I mean, over the recent years, you know, we've had a bit more increase in that kind of thing. Do you think that'll be an issue for her as a Pacifica uh, woman? Yeah, sadly, I think any woman going into a, a role of leadership in Parliament at the moment is going to face abuse. And um, I, I yeah, wish it wasn't the case, but sadly, I think uh, she will face a, a, a level of abuse that we've been seeing that we've been seeing recently. But I think her, like the Prime Minister and like other women in, in those roles, 
she won't be listening to it. She'll be she'll be listening to her caucus, she'll be listening to her whanau, she'll be listening to her friends, and she'll be taking soundings from the people that matter, not from uh, not from from trolls online. And if anything, if Jacinda Ardern's leadership or these closing paragraphs of Jacinda Ardern's leadership have taught us anything, I really hope it's that we start taking the heat out of some of that stuff and we have a much lower threshold uh, for what we're willing to put up with as a society in terms of abuse levelled at politicians or anybody. Do you think that this is her getting ready for to be Prime Minister one day, or do you think it's just a holding pattern in place for the election? Great question. I think right now her sole focus will be on Deputy Prime Minister. I take at face value what uh, what she said. But I think there are very few people that go into that building of the 120 people that sit in that debating chamber who don't think, oh, maybe, just maybe I could do that job. So so probably she has, and she will, no doubt. If Chris Hipkins goes overseas at all this year, which she'll have to do, she'll be the acting Prime Minister. Do you think she has a lot of ambition? Does she want to be in that top job? I think she, ha- I think she has ambition like every politician has ambition, but I don't think that's at all where her focus is right now. I think um, I take at face value the fact that she just looks really damn chuffed to have the Deputy Prime Minister job. I don't think Chris Hipkins has anything to worry about in terms of a coup. That's it for today. I'm Tom Kitchen. The detail is supported by the Public Interest Journalism Fund. Today's episode was engineered by Flo Wilson. Our producers are Sarah Robson and Bonnie Harrison. And thanks to Tova O'Brien and Lua Manaval Dame Winnie Laban. Ma te wa. <laughs>